0: Welcome. This is Perspective for Parents. My name is Nick Thompson, and this is a podcast for parents of adolescents. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. So this is part two on the topic of what to do when you're concerned about your child's lying. If you haven't already, please go back and listen to part one, which is titled... Start with the why. I really want to strongly recommend that you listen to part one before listening to this, because I think it's necessary, necessary to understand the why of the lies before you as a parent begin to entertain some ways that you can intervene. All right. So assuming you listen to part one about the whys of lies, it's now time to have a conversation with your child. And this conversation It should start with questions to see if your child is fully aware of their own why. Or I guess you could say the motivation that backed their belief that lying was their best option at that time. And in thinking about this conversation, please remember that by entering this issue with more curiosity than concern, you may also be able to help your child identify that their choice to lie may be an indication that they're lacking a particular skill. And that skill might be a problem-solving skill, or maybe it's a organizational or planning skill, or it could be an indication that they need to develop better social skills, possibly in the form of assertive communication or a better approach to connecting with and impressing their peer group. And here's the thing. A conversation is much different from a lecture. But something I often see is that parents will confront their child's lying with an approach that can be best described as a setup don't set them up please please don't set them up if you got a call from the school or saw in their portal that they skipped school that day and when they walk through the door don't say to them hey kiddo how was school today or when you see the backyard littered with dog poop don't ask them when they come down the stairs hey did you remember to do your chores today you know the answers to those questions and because of this There is no need for the setup, the detective-style gotcha line of questioning. When we already know the answer, but we still lead with a question like that, we are providing an opportunity for our youth to lie. And not only that, I think it can be seen as almost encouraging the young person to lie. If you as a parent are armed with the truth, start with that. Start by sharing with them that you know what happened or what didn't happen. And by doing this, you can just jump in and Address the issue at hand and be able to get into the why of that current situation. And then transition into a conversation that focuses on what can be done to remedy what has already occurred and also a collaborative discussion of what can be done to avoid this type of problem in the future. And a tip on how to have this conversation remove the audience. When confronting your child on a lie of theirs, remove the audience. All people, but especially young people, they're highly impacted by the presence of others. So try not to bring up the lie when other people are around or with an earshot. Because by removing the audience, you are much more likely to have a positive exchange that may even include an honest response from your child. And on the topic of honesty, I think it's so important to not only encourage it, but also celebrate it. And at times, even reward it. In My role as a therapist, when I'm working with a youth, who is honest about something they think that I'll be upset about, when they choose to take accountability for something that they could have lied about, I celebrate it. I'll say something like, I so appreciate your honesty. And most times, I won't even get into the impact it's had on me or what they can do next time. Only when the problem or issue continues will I choose to get into a conversation about what they or we can do to make sure that the problem doesn't continue. When we... Make being honest a positive experience for our youth. It is much more likely that they will choose the fess up over the cover up when our youth put themselves in a position where they have two choices. Those being be honest about the thing they did or didn't do, which will result in a lecture and an overall negative experience. Or lie about that thing and possibly avoid or at least delay the lecture and other consequences. When that's the A or B options available, it is likely that the latter of the two will be selected. And on this, I want to share something, an approach of sorts that I don't think very many people are familiar with, and it's about disclosure. So I encourage parents to be interested in and ask their child about something called horizontal disclosure. So this term, this approach, it's taken from Irv Yalom's work on group psychotherapy. But even though it may be mainly talked about in the realm of psychotherapy, I think it can be applied. I think it can be a helpful exercise for parents to use with their child. All right, so there's vertical disclosure and horizontal disclosure. Vertical disclosure is when someone self-discloses something about themselves or something that they did. They go deeper into the details of what actually happened. So for this topic on lying, an example of vertical disclosure could be your child approaches you. And lets you know that they lied to you about why they got home late on Thursday night. They tell you it wasn't because their friend's car broke down. So they had to wait to get an Uber. But actually, they were late because they wanted to stay at a party longer. And the Uber was ordered because their friend was drinking. Not only that, long pause. Youth takes a deep breath. and says, and the reason I was sick in the morning? And stayed home from school. The reason for that was I was drinking at the party too, and I woke up hungover. So that would be an example of a vertical disclosure. It was a self disclosure about information about themselves and the factual details of what happened. And on that example, just for fun, and you might use a different word than fun, but just for fun, if you haven't gotten that one yet or something like it from your child, take a second now to think how you would respond. Visualize that moment, that situation, and imagine what you would say or do next. I hope that vertical disclosure from your child would be met with a parental pause, deep breath, and some form of, I am so grateful that you told me what really happened. Thank you. Followed by a constructive conversation about how to move forward, how to avoid that type of situation in the future, and hopefully a mutual understanding of what consequences will be delivered. Because the consequences of underage drinking have already been discussed and agreed upon in your home. Okay, so what the child shared in that scenario, that's vertical disclosure. But something really, really cool, something really helpful and powerful, something that will allow your child to grow and for your connection with them to deepen is to get into something called horizontal disclosure. Horizontal disclosure is when someone discloses about their disclosure. A meta-disclosure of sorts. This is when someone talks about how it felt to share what they shared. What allowed them to feel comfortable enough to tell you about something that they're not proud of. Or what kept them from sharing the truth earlier. And here's the thing on this. I cannot tell you what an important and impactful exercise this can be to do with your child. Please remember this one, parents. Getting into the horizontal disclosure will allow your child to build a better understanding of themselves, allow them to fill in the blind spots of their awareness. And also, it can prove to be an incredible exchange that will strengthen the parent child relationship. And plus, I think this horizontal disclosure approach can be used even when your child wasn't honest, when they didn't fess up. What I mean by that is, after you have found out that your child lied to you, you can use this horizontal disclosure to ask them about why they didn't tell you the truth. And not in a judgmental way, not to communicate your disappointment, frustration, anger, but really to ask the question, to be curious why they didn't tell you the truth. Why was it that they didn't feel comfortable enough to be honest with you about that particular situation and what they share? It might be something you as a parent don't want to hear, but maybe need to hear. Need to hear in order to strengthen your relationship with your child and possibly to realize what it is about you that made lying their preferred option. So let's continue to run with that drinking example. Maybe the reason they didn't tell you about it is because they know that you refused to ever talk about your cousin dying in a drinking and driving accident. Or maybe they didn't tell you because they know that you've never liked that friend who took them to the party. And by them sharing what actually happened, they know that you wouldn't ever allow them to hang out with that friend ever again. Or maybe they weren't honest about drinking because their older brother, your son, abused alcohol to the level where they needed to go to rehab last summer. So they didn't tell you because they thought you might overreact because you would think the same is going to happen to them. Or maybe they didn't tell you because when you're upset, you yell at them, you threaten them. And after that, you refuse to be around them for several days. Just some examples, but whatever is the case, getting into the reasons why your child didn't tell you the truth can be a difficult thing for a parent to do. You may hear things that you don't want to hear, but I really do want to encourage you as a parent to be courageous enough to hear those things. Really listen, not get defensive. And if you're willing to take on that difficult process, what lies on the other side is not just a better understanding of yourself and a better relationship with your child, but you you may find ways that you can help your child to tell the truth. All right, moving on to some other recommendations. Big one, model honesty. The lesson of how important it is to be honest is not effectively given via a lecture, but is best communicated with behavior, your behavior of being honest. Remembering, it's not about your lecture, it's about your life. And that distance between your lecture and your life is something called hypocrisy. And your lecture will ring hollow if your life doesn't back it up. And here again, this allows me to share my favorite quote on parenting from James Baldwin. Children have never been very good at listening to their elders, but they have never failed to imitate them. End of quote. Okay, next up, here's a great method I found from Dr. Carol Brady, who's a clinical psychologist and who works with a lot of kids with ADHD. Dr. Brady makes a point. That one of the hallmarks of ADHD, especially the impulsive type, is that kids tend to talk before they think. And because of this, you may hear fast and frequent lies due in part to this impulsivity. So if your child displays a lot of impulsivity, she has this great approach for parents to use called the preamble method. Dr. Brady gives a helpful example by saying, I'm going to ask you a question and maybe you're going to tell me something I don't really want to hear, but remember Your behavior is not who you are. I love you no matter what. And sometimes people make mistakes. So I want you to think about giving me an honest answer. End of quote. How great is that? This preamble method not only communicates love and understanding, but it also helps to avoid an impulsive lie from shooting out of your child's mouth. It allows the child a little more time to avoid the impulsive, I didn't do it, it wasn't me, and instead allows your child some time to think about and maybe even decide that they should be honest about what happened. The next thing I want to share is something that I considered not including because thankfully I don't see that much of it anymore, but I do believe it happens enough to warrant mentioning. And that is, don't call or refer to your child as a liar. Please. Separate the behavior from the person. We all lie. This doesn't make us all deserving of the title of liar. And when you label your kid as a liar, this can become sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy of sorts that actually might encourage your child to keep lying. And finally, on this topic, last but not least, consequences. Now, consequences are significantly different from punishment. Punishments are usually emotionally-driven reactions that are intended to make the child suffer. It's about making them feel bad about themselves, usually in the form of shame or humiliation. We don't want to punish our youth. Main reasons being, punishments do not teach positive skills. What they actually do is they usually result in an increase of the misbehavior. Because punishments encourage youth to be dishonest, deceptive, maybe sneaky, what we want to do instead is to use consequences consequences focus on the behavior. They are known to the child. That means you've communicated what consequences your child will receive based off of a specific behavior. They are reasonable and they are relevant to the particular misbehavior. And I think there are two things to look at or to address when it comes to consequences. Those are the behaviors they lied about and the lie itself. And I want to recommend to parents that these should be dealt with separately and differently. What I encourage parents to do is to set expectations within their home for each member of the family and have a conversation about what the expectations are and agree on consequences when those expectations are not met. So once you have agreed on those expectations, put them up somewhere in the house that's highly visible. So if your child's behavior goes against one of those expectations, there's a clear understanding of what the consequences for that behavior will be. Consequences. They need to be communicated, visible, and understood. So when you as a parent enforce the consequence, this isn't seen as a reactive, as an emotionally driven punishment that comes out of nowhere. Now, if you see lying as a concerning pattern of your child, well, a new expectation may need to be added. And that expectation is telling the truth. And with every expectation comes a consequence. Again, agreed upon, communicated, and posted visibly within your home. And on the topic of consequences, the good news is that as your child gets older, the most impactful consequences will be delivered in a natural form. These types of consequences are known as natural consequences. Natural consequences are the consequences that occur without parental intervention. And in my opinion these are the best form of consequences for our youth when it comes to lying and the creme de la creme of natural consequences will be provided by their peers as my grandpa used to say the deeper the plow cuts the taller the tree grows and the deepest cuts that your child experiences will usually come from their peers and in turn this will allow for the greatest amount of growth for your child but additionally natural consequences, they might come from your child's school, their coach, or it may even come from law enforcement. And what I really want to emphasize to parents is to see these natural consequences as a growth opportunity for your child. So please don't get in the way of, do not remove these golden growth opportunities. Please do not cover for your child. When you think about it, that phrase covering for your child, that's actually just a less harsh description Of something known as lying. When you choose to lie for your child so that they avoid receiving a consequence, you are communicating a strong message that lying is in fact okay, that it's actually the right thing to do under certain circumstances. And that is a message we absolutely do not want to be communicating to our youth. What else? I think it's also important that youth apologize after they've lied about something. And I see this as another great opportunity to emphasize the importance of apologies and an opportunity to teach them the three parts of a proper, meaningful apology. And I like to say the three R's of an appropriate apology. The three R's are this. Recognition, remorse, and restitution. Recognition. That's all about acknowledging the lie. And a good way to start this first R is by saying... I am sorry for lying about blank. And once you've done that, then you can move into the second R, which is remorse. And this R is about expressing regret and explaining what went wrong. And a good script to start that is by saying, it was wrong to lie because blank. And then finally, restitution. And this can come in the form of repair and or a request for forgiveness. And that can look like saying, In the future, I will then insert behavioral change here. Hopefully that comes in the form of being honest in the future. And this is also where your child can close this process with a heartfelt, will you forgive me? Okay, there you have it. I hope you found this two-part episode on lying helpful. And if you didn't, feel free to send me an email, an honest email sharing what I could have done better. In closing, if you are concerned about your child's lying, I hope you see this as a great opportunity, an opportunity to model and to show your child the importance of being honest and an opportunity to teach them the three R's of a proper apology. Also, as an opportunity to strengthen your relationship with them and maybe even an opportunity for you to grow as an individual during this process. And to wrap this all up, here's some research-backed positive news about lying when it comes to our youth. A study done by Kang Lee, who is a professor and director of the Institute of Child Study. In his research, it shows that lying is quite common for youth between the ages of 4 and 17. I know, I promise you, good news, positive news. Here's the good news. After the age of 17, the research shows that lying usually decreases. So I wanted to close with that. Because if you're really concerned about your child's lying, If that's the case, it's really important to remember that it is likely that this behavior will decrease as your child grows and matures. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. If you would like to find more information about this podcast, or my upcoming presentations, please check out my website, PerspectiveForParents.com. Spelled out, that's Perspective, the number for Parents.com. Thanks again.